Hello, and welcome to my channel. So, this episode, I want to talk about schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is a symptom that is very close to me. And there's a lot of stigma surrounding schizophrenia. As somebody who has suffered with it in every way, shape, and form, that is uh, auditory hallucinations, visual hallucinations, you know, the whole nine yards, and having to deal with this for a very long time, up to four years, before I start getting better. I learned a lot about the condition and outside perspectives, which is why I want to tackle this topic today. You know, going through it and dealing with everything and, you know, just being mislabeled and having people hate you or try to trigger you or treat it like it's some fun little game you know like when it comes to mental health I realized through a lot of hardships people really don't understand mental health they're not educated in it people ex expect you to be in full control 24 7 they expect you to act and behave in the way they do. A person with a normal, clear mind who isn't struggling will look at somebody who has mental health problems and either think one or two things. Either they're going to think you should be in control of yourself, you should be, you know, un not acting out or doing weird shit, or they're going to label you. You know, with schizophrenia, people immediately assume that you're dangerous. People assume that somebody with schizophrenia is, you know, going to hurt another person. That they're crazy, and it's crazy. It, like and the idea in, in and of itself to me is crazy. Like when I was struggling with it, and I was having my episodes, people would. Unfortunately, use it as a game. They would find ways to trigger me. They'll find ways to make the schizophrenia worse. They're, like It's weird with their, their mindset around this because on one hand, they're treating me in such a way that the message is, I don't believe you. I think you're doing this on purpose. You know, there's no reason for you to be acting this way. So, I'm, But at the same time, they would go and do things that would trigger me. The, or, or things you think would trigger me, right? So when, when you're dealing with schizophrenia, you're hallucinating, and you're hallucinating hard, right? So they're going to do things, They rather, they've done things, various people, to create a real-world hallucination for me because they thought it was funny. They thought it was hilarious, you know? they done all sorts of things. I'm, I'm not going to really get delve too deeply or at all really into what they did but I for all intents and purposes I do want to say that you know they would leave something around they'll figure out what I liked whether it be a video game a movie uh comic whatever and whatever it is I'm currently following story-wise within the media whether it's again video game comic whatever they would uh snoop it out and then look for key things that really stick out in it, whether it's something said, something done, maybe it's something, an object hanging in the background, you know, they would find different little things and then make it randomly appear or say it randomly or tell their friends and I'll have some, I'm walking down the street and have some strangers, you know, say something or quote something from uh, the media I'm currently binging. You know, at the time, for the most part, it was working, you know, but as I got better and I started to really think about things and put things, 
you know, take all that schizophrenia, uh, those memories, and take them apart and put them back together to where it actually makes sense and not what my schizophrenic mind wanted it to make sense, you know, like, looking back on a lot of things, I learned that what was real and what wasn't real. And I learned, you know, how they were doing it and how their, uh, things are going about, you know, they, so it would be things like that. And that was usually the main thing, you know, like, uh, a character is supposed to die and, you know, this story I'm really into. So that character's name would start appearing everywhere, either where I'm living or my place of work, you know, something, it would just be in the most unorthodox place. You see, and just explain it, that does sound schizophrenic, doesn't it? But it wasn't done by accident. Some of these people later on actually admitted to me that this was what was going on. That they were literally doing this. So they were creating a schizophrenic world on top of the schizophrenic world I was already living in. They were playing to it. Because they thought it was funny. Now, back on the subject of, you know, schizophrenics aren't dangerous. I will say that when it comes to dangerous, it really comes down to, you know, the dog in a cage. You poke the dog long enough, you beat it, you know, at some point that cage little dog is going to turn around and it's going to bite you. So, schizophrenics aren't any more dangerous than any random person walking down the street. They So in other words, a schizophrenic can be made dangerous. I've been pushed to enough to where I've wanted to do things to people. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I have. And it's because of their own fault. You know, somebody suffering from mental health, like schizophrenia in itself is a mental disability. You can literally get paid for your schizophrenia it's a disability right so you're not going to go down the street and see somebody in a wheelchair and then push them out of the wheelchair and take the wheelchair and walk away no you, everybody's gonna look down on you for it right but the reason why people don't look down on you for it is because they understand they can visually see that this person their legs don't work so you know they don't look down on you but when it comes to mental health disorders it's not something you can immediately see either it's going to be one of two ways that you're going to have any sort of understanding when it comes to mental health. Wait, the first way is to experience it yourself. Second way is to study it. Psychologist, therapist, whatever. So most people without any, they don't, you know, most people don't have, they don't have this knowledge, this background, this experience when dealing with those who are suffering from some kind of mental disorder. So you know, back to what I said before, it really comes down to their idea of how things should be, and they don't want to change it. They, you know, um, one should never mess or make worse the mental disability of any person. That's how you make somebody dangerous. That's how you make a schizophrenic dangerous. Now, I'm not going to sit there and say that, you know, schizophrenics don't have voices in their head telling them to kill people. Sometimes they do. I have. I never acted on it. I fought hard, tooth and nail, to overcome what I went through in my life. No, no therapist, no drugs, nothing. It was just me, myself, and I. You know, and going through schizophrenia, you lose a lot of people. People don't understand the, your behavior, your actions, and they don't understand that you don't really have a lot of control or saying it. You know, you're you're living in another reality, so to speak. So people who are dealing with schizophrenia, they're not grounded to just this one reality that we all experience each and every day. They live in multiple realities. The most simplest thing can mean so much more to the schizophrenic. You know, they could see, like, numbers, colors, pictures. It could all have some more higher significant meaning than what it actually means to us in our reality. Everything has some 
hidden message, whether it's a celebrity, something on TV, a song, you know, there, there's, there's all these things that's going on inside this schizophrenic world that you can't, people without any knowledge or understanding of it, like, they can't possibly know the hell it, that is the schizophrenic mind. Because there's literally no better way to describe it other than it's fucking hell. Right? So, it makes me think of, and I was saying, I like to, I like to use this saying a lot. Um, people live, a lot of people live with this mentality. Uh, it, I call it the better you than me mentality. You know, I, I when I'm online, I scour the internet. I look at, you know comments on their postings or whatever the posting may be I, I just like to see how people react and interact and how do you think you know and i'm always curious of like a lot of things but i mean i'm not gonna go to why that's a talk for another time but just a general idea is I, i'm curious about other people's thoughts i'm generally curious how what people think what their thoughts are you know so i i usually just read the comments and the, the replies to the comments and things of that nature and like uh, an article about you know somebody overdosing or somebody committing suicide you know or a car accident whatever the case may be it's a better you than me mentality and, and in a lot of cases with people because they they don't understand they're like you know they shouldn't have done that or you know you're stupid for taking these drugs or you know whatever the case may be um people like the bystander effect, you know, people will rather, you know, not interfere with something because they think, you know, it's, it's going to be somebody else's problem, somebody else is going to deal with it, you know. Uh, it's a very loose way of putting it, but generally speaking, people don't seem to care when it comes to the affairs of another person's life. That's something I've learned on a whole new level going through the schizophrenia and, and you know my schizophrenia led me to be homeless and i seen so much things so things done by people you know and it, it homelessness really changed my view of the world and schizophrenia changed my view of the world. Like, once I came down from schizophrenia, and my mind basically reset, like, I still deal with it, but they're like little hiccups. It's nothing compared to where it was before. Not at all. But, when it was bad, and this is what I want to talk about, is when it was bad, you know, I burned a lot of bridges. I had family, you know, desert me. I, I was basically left for fucking dead. You know, and it's not that I never tried to get help, as I did, on many of occasions. It's, I was just in a bad place financially and physically to the point where I, I, I you know, I lived in the middle of nowhere. I didn't have a car at the time. I only had uh, income from one job, you know, I didn't really have a lot going for me, no public transportation where I lived, so I couldn't really get help. So my mentality, my mental health, that is, it just, over time, it went to shit. And as I felt this coming on, which took months before it finally set in, and I started hallucinating and going batshit fucking crazy, the journey getting to that point, it was, it was not a fun journey. It was a lot of me just like zoning out, you know, not mentally nobody's home. I would just be gone, like just sitting there and, you know, eyes wide open, but nobody's home. There's a word for that, I just can't think of it at the moment, but... Disassociation. And, you know, I've... I, so I, I, it's not that I didn't try. I did try for the longest time. My pleas fell on deaf ears. Nobody actually 
cared enough to say, hey, you can borrow my car or hey, I can drive you or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it's not one of those situations, you know, where I tried to just tough it out the entire way. But, you know, at the end of the day, I did what I thought was best for me after being homeless and put everything else to the sideline and focused more on, you know, getting my life back off the ground, getting, you know, a roof over my head, getting a transportation, getting all these things I didn't have and everything I lost, right? So... All in all, going through everything I did, learning, seeing the world from a very different perspective, a perspective very few people even can even begin to understand. You know, people, most people, they live a nine to five. They live in a world of stability. Most people don't want even know what homelessness is, like to actually experience it. And it's more than just being homeless. You see the world. When you don't have a pin in your pocket and you're sleeping on concrete, you see the world in a completely different uh, aspect. Prior to being homeless, I was the type of guy, you know, I, I even have very specific homeless people that I would donate money to. You know, every time I got paid, hey, there's that one chick down the block. I just got paid. Let me, you know, give her some money. And being on the other end of it, it sucks. I'm not going to go too much into my homelessness, but the biggest reason why I bring it up is because it does tie a lot into my schizophrenia. Because, you know, my schizophrenia led me to being homeless, and the entirety of the time I was homeless, I was schizophrenic. But while being homeless, I still got a job, I still found shelter, I still, you know, traveled up, uh, up and down the East Coast of the United States. You know, I still did all these things. I was battling voices in my head, you know, hallucinations of all types. I was dealing with all this mental stuff and I didn't have a friend. I didn't have family. I didn't have anybody in my life. There's, there was many times I wanted to give up. I hated people. I really, really hated people. I wanted somebody badly. I wanted somebody to understand what I was going through. I wanted somebody to be patient with me to see that, you know, what I'm dealing with isn't who I am. But I will say that, you know, for four years, I didn't know I was schizophrenic. When you're schizophrenic, you don't know you're schizophrenic. At least the vast majority don't. Because your alternate reality in which you live in is so real, you it's hard to decipher fact from fiction. It's hard to figure out what is real and what isn't. Because that's how real your other reality is. So trying to pull a schizophrenic out of their fantasy reality is really hard. That's like telling you that the uh, bread you're in your hand isn't actual bread. It's like telling you the job you go to isn't even your job. What are you talking about? Of course this is real bread. Of course this is my job. I go, I go here every day. You know, these are things that are real to you, right? Through schizophrenic, we have our own set of reality off to the side from the one... You, you're currently living in. We have, we juggle realities. You know? So, to the schizophrenic mind, the reason why we don't know for the, the longest time, it took me four years to co come up to the idea that I was schizophrenic. It took me four years to cope with it. To see it for what it was. Because my second reality was so strongly built I couldn't see anything else besides it. I'm not saying I can't see, you know, the reality, your reality, my reality, you know, we, the real reality. But it, it's, it, it was a matter of juggling two realities and both, in both realities, it was, one was just as real as the other one. You know, and trying to pull a schizophrenic out of their second reality is a no-go. Endorsing their second reality is a very, very fucked up thing to do. Like, one of the things I've learned through schizophrenia, and you can you can find comments about this online under articles talking about it, you know, or even blogs, blurbs, YouTube videos, is somebody who's suffering from through schizophrenia, you don't want to do you don't want to endorse it. 
you like in other words you don't want to convince them help convince them that it's real it's a very fucked up thing to do and it only makes the mental health worse and if they, they're in a stage of aggression it's going to make their aggression worse and you don't want to ignore it completely either because in a schizophrenic mind they're paranoid and their paranoia can be aimed at literally anybody around them it, no matter who it is their paranoia can be aimed and will be aimed at anyone and everyone so ignoring it to a schizophrenic person that's telling them that you are some kind of accomplice you're you're, you're just pretending to like them for whatever reason that you're out to get them so you what you want to do with a schizophrenic person is you want to take the middle ground what you know like why do you believe, you know, such and such exists? Why do you believe such and such wants to do this thing? Why do you, you know, you want to play with it? And such what you want them to, you know, kind of question it. But not, like, like it would be a child. You know, why do you think that way? It's, it, that's the most correct thing to do if you want to approach a schizophrenic uh, illusions is to ask why. And from there, I, I can fully trust that a person who takes that advice will know where to go from, with, with that advice from that point. So long as you don't say, yes, this is real, they're out to get you. And so long as you don't try and create a schizophrenic environment like what people have done for me. Because like any human, any animal, you know, if we get to a point where we don't physically feel safe, it can come to a point where we can and will assert violence. You know, and there's no person in their right mind is going to be in a dangerous situation and think, you know, I'm just going to lay here and play dead. No, fight or flight. If you can't run, you're going to fight. So, yes, schizophrenics aren't any more or less dangerous than we are. The only thing is, you can't endorse their illusions. To deal with the schizophrenic, you have to be patient with them. You have to give them their space. You know, if they don't have their space... I'm sorry, my, my brain just kind of like went off track there. If they don't have their space, then they can't think. They need time to think. They need time to rummage through their mind, you know. Like, it, I, I can honestly say from my experience, it's never a bad thing to tell a schizophrenic they need to think about it. Think about what it is they're, they're thinking. Think about what it is they're saying. Because when I was going through my schizophrenia, that's... When I when I was alone and by myself, I, that's all I could think about. Besides, when I wasn't battling the hallucinations, I was constantly going over everything, constantly. You know, I was always questioning my reality. No matter how much I believed in my second reality, I still questioned it, just like I questioned my main reality. You know, and that. Doing it repeatedly or, or a long period of time, it starts to help. It starts to bring you to a place of being more grounded. It starts to put you in a more stable mindset, but it's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle like you're going up a 90 degree incline and you have a fucking 500 pound boulder you're trying to push up it. So a boulder's going to drop quite a few times. You know, you're going like, yes, I'm finally getting somewhere. I'm finally getting somewhere. And then your your arms are going to get tired. Or, you know, you're going to miss up. Or something's going to happen. And that boulder's going to find its way back down. you got to start over again. But eventually, if you don't give up, you're going to get that boulder to the top of that mountain. And you're going to win that war against yourself. Because schizophrenia, if you're willing to, if you're 
mentally competent enough, you can win that war against yourself. And it's going to take a very, very long time. On average, according to studies, the average person uh, beats their schizophrenia within about five years. So it took me about roughly five years to beat my schizophrenia. Now, again, I want to repeat that it's not completely gone. I do have hiccups. They're manageable. You know, they, these hiccups don't rule, my, don't rule my life like schizophrenia did when it was who I was. You know, there's relationships that I'm... I don't even know I want back. You know, some relationships that were burned were family and looking back at it, it's like, you know, out of all people, I'll expect you to be the one to understand. But what I've understood about people through this is, you know, again, you know, people don't understand uh, mental health. Like the average person thinks because just because they're sad, that must mean they're depressed. And let me tell you, depression and sadness are two completely different ballgames. Sadness is but a fleeting moment. Depression it's like having the weight on the world wrapped around you like a blanket. It's a long-standing thing that, you know, it's not something you can just shrug off, like wipe the tear away. I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. No. You know. So this the fact that, you know, so many people believe, believe they can self-diagnose themselves because oh i cried today so i must be depressed you know that tells you just how undeveloped the education is for this like the knowledge should i say for mental health and i think it's very important that a lot of people should learn it I, I strongly believe schools should go out and teach people about mental health. There's, there should be like a class or may, maybe something like once a year, like something to get people to understand it. When the more people understand mental health, the more can be done for people who suffer from it. Like it's actually sad that courts have more understanding for mental health than the average person walking the street. You know, people think because you're, you have this mental disorder that you're still fully in charge of who you are. Schizophrenia can lead to moments of blackout. It can lead to loss of time. And that's not the only one. You know, like, there are some cases in a court system where you can literally avoid getting charged through an insanity plea. And they will put you through a series of tests and sit you down through a series of professionals to figure out where your mental health was during the time of the crime. Because sometimes we can be in the car, but we may not be in the driver's seat. Schizophrenia is like a student car, student driver's car. You know, like one of those cars where it has two steering wheels up front. You have a steering wheel on the left-hand side where it's supposed to be for us Americans. And then you have one on the right-hand side for the instructor in case the, uh, the main driver does something stupid or reckless. So, in terms of schizophrenia, it's like that. You know, you have two people constantly trying to drive the car at the same time. And it and it's not to be confused with, you know, identity disorders. That's a completely different thing and a completely different topic in and of itself. But when it comes to, you know, uh, insanity pleas, those type of mental health uh, cases are the ones where the person isn't even in the front seat, they're in the back seat. Pass the fuck out. They have no idea what's going on. You know, and, and it's not even just that. With courts, you know, they take other things when it comes to mental health into account when it comes to 
various crimes, whether it's PTSD, depression, whatever. You know, these are things that actually can and will be brought up if need be for that for whatever case that may need to involve it. You know, but outside of the courtroom, we're we're not very adept at handling people who deal with this stuff. We have no idea what to do with them. You know, growing up, I was one of the people who was in charge of the kids in special ed. You know, I was the ones, one of the ones that helped look after them. And going from that, I did uh, landscaping for a large chunk of my life. Where I worked with a guy who had uh, schizophrenia. He was heavily medicated. And if he didn't have his pills, he wouldn't show up to work. You know, he, even with his pills, he still had his hiccups. Like, he would say some, something that was, like, out there in a normal conversation, and then he would catch himself, like, you can see the faraway look in his eye, like, did I just say that? You know, and people were afraid of him, because he was, this guy was really, really big. He was a huge dude. You know, but I was, like, being with, around people with, you know, all kinds of mental, you know, disorders, whether it's something you're born with or something that comes up later in life, I've never felt threatened or unsafe around them. You know, is I, I, don't, I don't know, even, even before I learned about it through books and first-hand experience, I just never thought, you know, a schizophrenic person must immediately must be dangerous you know i didn't immediately link those two things together i i don't link people like a uh, person's condition with this other thing maybe it's because i never thought of that you know we should box everybody in everybody should fit into a box i i, I guess i just was never that th type of person to think that way you know um i was more Treat me right, I'll treat you right. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, look at you any different because of what you're dealing with, and I will try to understand the best I could. Or, or best I can. Excuse me. You know, I, I'm, to me, maybe it's just my reality, but I've just never understood how, you know, somebody who's different can be mislabeled as dangerous for being different like yeah this guy was schizophrenic he was really really big he'd probably eat me if he wanted to but i still never felt unsafe around him and if he said something that was a result of his schizophrenia most more than that i usually didn't catch it because i just wasn't paying attention to him like not that i wasn't paying into the conversation i just you know, I allowed things like that to go in my head, but the times I did catch it, it was just like, I ignored it, even when I did catch it. You know, like when, it is, I'm not, there's a lot of times I can bring up where he said something like, off the top of my head, he was talking about, you know, 50 Cent stealing his lyrics. And that was one of the times where he kind of like stopped himself and kind of like, he thought up, thought about it. His eyes got big, and he's like zoned out for a second, and just went back to work. Got you know, stayed quiet for the next three hours. And of course, Fifty Cent didn't steal his lyrics. He didn't, you know, he, Fifty Cent doesn't even know who this guy is. He doesn't even know Fifty Cent. They never crossed paths a day in their life, and, he's, and this guy's never uploaded anything to the internet. But. He still said it because he, he felt like something 50 Cent said in one of his songs was stolen from him. You know, and when he said it, um, I remember that moment. It was me and uh, my friend slash co-worker at the time kind of just looked at him and we, we didn't really feed into what he said. You know, because we weren't trying to do that. Even when, and it's, and it's kind of funny, you know, looking back at it for me, personally the fact that I handled that situation the way I did you know I could have been like I could have said something negative like no he didn't or I could have been like oh really he, he did you know I, I didn't feed into it at all I was just I, you know got quiet allowed him to rummage his own mind for a second as he realized you know what he had said because you know 
being at work means he was on medication. So this is just one of his hiccups. And he caught, he caught himself after he said it, you know, and he got quiet and nobody said anything to him about it at all. And when he finally, later on, decided to speak up again, we just continued having normal conversations, you know. And this dude has, for close friends, he has like a, a cousin, his cousin's friend, and his mother. You know, and for people who suffer schizophrenia, it's a very rare thing to have people stand by your side to love you and to, you know, do everything they can to help you through it. Now, being, going back, I need, I'm sorry, I need to backtrack on this, but going back to when I said, you know, give it schizophrenic space, that's a great thing to do, but also be their friend. Be there for them. You don't have to be there for them 24-7, but you don't want to leave them alone for too long. They need a lightning rod. They need to be grounded to reality. And if they're by themselves 24-7 outside of work, they're not really getting that grounding that they need because what's going to happen is they're going to spend so much time in their own little reality, their side reality, that they're going to start entertaining it. Now, giving them space is good. But uh, getting them space to the point of completely outcasting them can be a very bad thing to do. Because you just don't want them to have all that extra time to play with the other reality. The more they feed into their other reality, the longer it's going to take them to see it for what it is, a false reality. You know, for me, it took four years and it took a lot of fighting. It took a lot of, you know, inner conflict. You know, I, I, I was alone. I, was, I didn't have anybody. And I, I'm only repeating this again because I want to go into more detail about it because this actually leads somewhere this time around um you know being alone for four years is very lonely and it does a lot to a person's mind like for me having to go through these episodes everywhere i moved to everywhere i lived where i worked you know and people not understanding and they decided hey let's have fun with this let's do some stupid fucking shit and make everything worse because of how smart we think we are That really fucked, things people done to me have really fucked my head up and put me in a really bad place. To say the least. So, four years and not having anybody, because, you know, once it comes, my schizophrenia, you know, starts rearing its head and I started acting crazy fucking ways, people start outcasting me and they start creating like hate groups, you know. Uh, gossiping to their friends, any, any and everybody who will listen. And then at some point, it always comes down to, let's fuck with them. And uh, let me just say, after the hell I went through, uh, at the mercy of other people's hands, because of the fucked up shit, they thought it was going to be cool to do somebody who's suffering badly and alone I don't care I don't feel bad for people who get murdered by those suffering from mental health if you were the reason their mental health got worse then I don't feel bad you know there have been many cases outside of schizophrenia people, normal people without any mental conditions being gaslit to the point of committing murder gaslighting and of itself, and that's a that's a thing for another time to talk about. But I want to say that it is so potent, so powerful, and so fucked up to do to somebody, it is considered and labeled abuse. By all rights, gaslighting is abuse. And to gaslight somebody who, especially a schizophrenic, you're asking for a world of trouble that you probably won't come back from. There have been reports across the world where somebody was gaslighting a victim, whether it's their kid, their friend, or maybe their roommate. You know, and 
a majority of the time, they end up dead. Because what you're doing when you're gaslighting is you're making this person who trusts you, who believes you, to consistently question their reality. So you can literally take a sane person and basically make them crazy. And the last thing anybody wants to, to do, especially somebody who's already suffering from mental health, is to not be able to trust himself. You know, for a schizophrenic, they're already juggling multiple realities and living, for most of us, a secluded life. That's people want nothing to do with this. They don't care, but rather better you than me. And to be put in a situation where somebody around us is consistently gaslighting us, causing us to not only deal with our schizophrenia, but not trust ourselves in the process of everything that's going on, that's enough to make somebody snap. I don't care how good your morals is. I don't care if you think you walk on water like Jesus. You will snap. Like that dog in a cage. You will snap. You can go online right now and look at how many people have died because they want to gaslight their victims. You will snap. And if you are, let's say, a Christian listening to this podcast right now, there's a, depending on your denomination and what you, how you choose to believe your Bible, there's a woman called Jezebel. Some Christians call her the spirit of Jezebel. Well, from Genesis to Revelations, Jezebel was always an evil, wicked, manipulative cunt. And time again, God put her in a position where she was murdered. Even in the book of Revelations, he told Jezebel, if she doesn't change your ways, I will murder you. God hates manipulators. God hates gaslighters to the point where he's like, you know what? You're the one sin I will fucking murder. Even after the blood of Christ, I will still murder you if you don't stop doing what you're doing. And there, you know, I'm not a Christian, but I just, off the top of my head, I just needed something to pull from to reinforce the fact that gaslighting is a very fucked up and cruel thing to do to somebody. If you have this cursing God, he's like, yes, this is the most fucked up thing I have ever come across in my life. You know, there's, I'm not alone in this. If you have psychologists saying, you know, this is a very fucked up thing to do to somebody. I'm not alone in this. And if you have news reports saying, you know, there's people who are murdered people because they were being gaslit. Like, don't get me wrong. We're all, everybody in this world, manipulation is like lying in a sense that we're all guilty of it, right? But to gaslight somebody, to make them your victim, to exert that much power and control over them, it's a... It's not a physical attack per se, but it is a mental and emotional attack. Like I, I, this is one of those things where I can't even begin to explain to you what it feels like how, going through this on a day-to-day -day basis and how it fucks your head up so, so bad. And how the nicest of people can turn to a, a murder of a fucking night. Now, I'm not trying to change the subject from, you know, schizophrenia to gaslighting, but rather to give more in-depth of the mind. Like, people don't give the mind enough credit for being its own thing. Like, yes, it's attached to us. And, you know, one thing affects the other. The mind affects the emotions. The emotions affect the body. Uh, you can put that in any order you choose. But... I don't, I don't, I can't even begin to explain to you how mentally crippling and painful it, it can be for somebody who's being gaslit, for somebody who's schizophrenic, for somebody who's schizophrenic and being gaslit. You know, like, people always assume that, you know, if you're not causing any physical pain, then everything's Gucci and gravy. And it's not always Gucci and gravy. It's not always good. Physical pain 
isn't the only thing that can make somebody turn up. I mean, obviously, we live in a world of emotions where people want to turn up because you called me a bitch or you called me meanie head or some st stupid, overly emotional shit like that, you know. We, we see and hear it every fucking day. Somebody's getting their emotions. Somebody wants to fight. Emotion is a very fleeting thing. You're angry today, but happy tomorrow. Mental health is not fleeting. It's ongoing. You may feel sad today, but you'll be happy tomorrow. You may be depressed today, but you might be happy next year. You might be normal again next year. Maybe a month from now. Who knows when that clock will run out. Honestly, though, I really wish people could understand what it's like to go through this. To go through schizophrenia. To go through so much gaslighting that it completely changes who you are. The, the amount of pain and torment and all you want to do is get it, make it stop. If you can't trust yourself, who can you trust? It's like being, like, once gas lighting gets to the point of murder, that person's probably feeling like their brain is mush, and they probably feel like they've taken every psychotic, not antipsychotic, but psychotic drug, mushrooms, acid, whatever, out there all at one time. Because how crazy that can make you. Overall, I'm not a fan of manipulation. Because I know what it feels like to be gaslit for a long time and to have mind games played on me that, you know, have all these things happen. I'm not a fan of manipulation. I'm really not. I've, I'm now at a point in my life where I'll start kicking people out. It's cruel. It's a very cruel thing to do. Those with low self-esteem, those who don't who need reassurance from the world, who need to be validated, are the ones who like to play manipulative games. Manipulation usually comes from somebody who doesn't know how else to get what they want. I want you to love me, and you just broke up with me. How do I get you back? Oh, I'm pregnant. But I'm not, I want to stay on topic for a little bit more before I end this. And do it, I guess at this point I just want to do a small recap, you know. And just let y'all know that, you know, the stigma surrounding people who have bad mental health, it's not... Oh, it's cracked up to be like in, in any society there's always stigmas around certain topics certain things certain people with genders races whatever there's always some kind of stigma popularized mainly by the media who gives us the wrong you know impression of it you know not people with mental health aren't any more dangerous than you or me people who struggle, need more patience, love, and support. And not everything they do is personal. You know, I've, I'm not a person to tell secrets. But when I was going through all that schizophrenia at its highest, at its worst, I was the most unpredictable person you'd ever see. I did things that sober me, who wasn't battling multiple realities and not knowing who to trust and, you know, hallucinating knowledge Sunday. Sober me wouldn't have done half the things that 
I did when I was schizophrenic. But I've done things that I wish I can take back and done some things that, you know, looking back, I kind of glad it kind of happened the way it did because of how they were treating me. You know, which goes back to, you know, taking full advantage of the mental health. You playing with it like it's some kind of fucking board game. Like, uh, you did this thing to me, so I don't really feel too bad. I don't care. And, like, uh, I'm at a place in my life where some of these people are trying to make their way back and, you know, adding me on social media and whatnot. And just, like, I don't know if I want you. And I'm not trying to talk about me so much, like, I want you to know me. But rather, I'm trying to use myself as an example of what I'm talking about. I find that people who talk about something who have no experience with it whatsoever aren't really worth listening to. If you haven't been through it, then you don't understand. Point blank, period. So, that's why I talk about myself and that's why I'm going to continue to talk about myself in all my other podcasts. Like, I'm going to talk about myself only in reference to whatever it is I'm talking about. Let you know that, yes, I've been through this. This is why I'm, I think the way I do. This is uh, where I'm getting my information from. You can learn, some things you can learn in a book, some things you can learn in, in a book, but you never fully understand it until you experience it. So, hopefully, people who listen to this will be more kinder to schizophrenics. Like, we don't mean to hurt anybody. We don't, and when I, when I say hurt, I don't mean physically, because a lot of times our actions aren't, again, it's not personal. You know, like, if we do something that's out of character and we're in a schizophrenic mindset, you got to understand that it's not us doing it. It's a schizophrenia. We don't. We, you're like a stranger to us at that point. And it can be comparable to, you know, somebody who's getting uh insanity plea in a courtroom. You know, it's not about uh, trying to escape what you did. You know... I strongly believe that people should own up to their mistakes. But not everything in life is that simple. Not, life isn't black and, black and white. It's not straightforward. It's a curvy, jogged fucking road. Jagged, sorry. So, not everything's going to be like, in a, put in a way where it can be that simple. Like, I can admit the things I've, I've done while, you know, being schizophrenic where I fucked up. But they weren't done on purpose, you know? But people always, they uh, treated me like everything I did was on purpose. Like, I was just trying to fuck with people or I was, you know, trying to do whatever it is they thought I was trying to do. Like, I was, I've been in situations where, you know, I was so stuck in my hallucinations that I thought everybody around me was a bad guy, so I locked myself up in my room, no one came out to go to work. And I started getting very angry and whatnot, but I, I stayed to myself, right? And what these people did was to... As I mentioned earlier, you know, with like trying to figure out what I like and then putting things in my path to where it would bring me back to that story, whether it's a video game or a movie or whatever, you know, using the media as a tool to fuck with me, which of course increased my schizophrenia, increased my paranoia, and then led me to do uh, stupid shit. And then I got blamed for the stupid shit that only happened because of their stupid shit. So you see, 
in that situation, it was more of a clap back. And, and a servo me wouldn't have even had a clap back because, you know, I wouldn't have been triggered by a fucking chair sitting in the living room or something. And I, and I know that probably sounds out of place, but a chair that wasn't there the day before, but matches something from, you know, something I'm playing or, you know. And there are other moments where, you know, personally, I've, uh, at one point, one point in time, I told somebody a secret, and I, I said I wasn't going to tell. You know, this non-schizophrenic me wouldn't have done that. This schizophrenic me that he saw everybody as a bad guy and that they're all out to get me, and was trying to, uh, I guess, in my own fucked up way, get revenge, which, again, even it. Like, I'm the person I, I never tell anybody secrets. I still know a lot of people's secrets. I've never told anybody mm -hmm. to this day, right? So in that moment, I chose this one person, and that's and uh, out of his secret, and I guess pissed him off. But looking back at it, you know, I'm not. I personally don't feel too bad because of everything he did to me after that point. I personally I hope that when I have kids in the future however long or close that may be from now if they end up in the same system I am I'm going to take everything I was in I'm going to take everything I learned and everything I wish people did for me and to me and apply it to them if my daughter my son in the future end up with schizophrenia I, I'm not going to make them homeless I'm not going to uh, act like everything they do is personal because I'm going to tell you, it's not personal. Once the this person can learn to fully trust you, and by no means should you ever, ever try and manipulate a schizophrenic person, you will make things ten times worse. Don't ever manipulate a schizophrenic person. And there's never in any reality a method of helping a schizophrenic by means of manipulation. They will catch on. They will see that shit and they'll distrust you even more. Because you got to remember this is somebody who's dealing with not just hallucinations but paranoia on top of it. They don't trust anybody. And if you want to give them more reasons not to trust you, believe me, they're not going to trust you. Now, I know my voice kind of changed now because I'm really getting into, you know, my own little flashbacks going on here. But I'm, I hope that people who listen to this actually take something from it. That hopefully other people in their lives, your lives, lives of your neighbors, you know, whoever, can learn how to deal properly with a schizophrenic and not sit there and watch them drown. Not tie bricks to their legs while they're drowning. Because I can't emphasize this enough. It's not personal. If they say something stupid, it's not personal. If they do something stupid, it's not personal. Have you know this person for a very long time before they got schizophrenic? Then you gotta think there's two people in that fucking body fighting. If, 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 what? Uh, Anything you see that goes against the person you knew before, it's not that person. You're dealing with a schizophrenic version of them. The other person is still there. They can still show up. But you probably won't see them full, fully clothed. And all their glory and who they are for a very, very long time. But once you do get that person back... Whether it's months or years, they still won't be 100% that same person anymore. There will be bits of their personality, even their appearance, that will be completely gone.
It's like having a friend go away for two years and then come back. It's the same person, but there's something different about them. Besides your clothes. And that's how your schizophrenic family member or friend is going to be when they overcome that battle. And believe me, it's not going to be an overnight process. It took me four years to win that battle. And on average, that's how, it t how long it takes the average person. It takes about four to five years. Some people, it can last a lifetime. Some people, maybe longer than five years, maybe ten. But the more support they have, the more they're being <laughs> helped correctly and to being grounded in their reality the quicker it will be for them to come back. But don't expect that same person that you knew before. Expect like maybe 75% of the person you knew at the most.